Well, welcome to season two of Sean and D's Good Tape. I'm Sean Newell. That's Dennis Brzezinski over there. How you doing, D? Hello, Bungo. I'm doing pretty good. How, how have you been this last week since we last recorded? <laughs> last week or last month and a half, whatever. You know, something like that. The, the, the thing I knew, Sean, is that it's 2021 and everything's fine. Everything. There's nothing everything. wrong in the world. You know what? Everything's it, fine. It's been such a calm week. I mean, nothing. nothing's happened out of the ordinary anywhere in the country. You're back in the country. That's a good thing, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm back in the origin of when we started recording this in Manhattan, Kansas, and everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> as I There's see nothing the flame, going on that's strange the, in the world. As I see the flame drive up, rise up around you like the meme from, uh, <laughs> that you see once in a while. Yeah, it's been an interesting week. And, uh, you know, I think anybody who thought when we flipped the calendar from 2020 to 2021 that all of our troubles would go far away were, were a little off. But, um, but uh, you know what? It's okay. We still can uh, bring you some fun for, you know, 45 minutes or so of your week and uh, start uh, season two. We're kind of right where we left off from season one. We've got some good songs for this episode and all of that kind of stuff but first off how was your holidays uh, they were good sean uh yeah no i'm back in the states got back in uh uh, uh in december 18th and uh got to spend the family the holidays with my family and uh got a little bit time back home in michigan and back on the road again now how about you? How, how with the kids and everything oh, in this it, pandemic? You know, holiday? I will I will say that the kids make Christmas what it is. Oh, it makes it that, so much more fun. With my nieces, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, just seeing seeing everything through a child's eyes, just you know, with Santa Claus visiting and all that stuff. We had one um, one thing that was really exciting that was kind of fun was that Elliot lost a tooth about two weeks before Christmas and he held on to it and said I want to wait until Christmas Eve and see if I can get Santa and the tooth fairy to both visit on the same night so they did so that was really <laughs> that was really cool so. <laughs> that is adorable yeah so so that then awesome. so then come to find out one of his cousins unbeknownst to us we were talking to them and telling the story on christmas day when we did a big family zoom call and uh one of his cousins had done the same thing and they didn't know that each other was doing it so that was kind of fun that you know they're creative like that and that kinda, is awesome yeah yeah so, he so just, did santa leave him money and tooth fairy or well, santa didn't leave money santa left presents and the tooth fairy left money so well, what's the going rate in the tooth fairy thing now? Um, first tooth five dollars. Other subsequent teeth like a dollar, something like that. Is that so, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was always a dollar when I was growing up, so I I, I thought that you know inflation and everything. <laughs> the first tooth five dollars. So they're gonna yeah. be disappointed with. Well, they if he wants to invest tooth. it, he can inflate it all he wants. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll set up instead of a college fund, I'll set up a tooth fairy fund that just only lasts like three or four years for <laughs> for, for him and Meredith. Put it into it's like a, 20 bucks so elliot, elliot you're gonna take this money and you're gonna put it into a roth ira yeah. yeah let's make it complicated to give the kid some money because he because he fucking grew up and lost a tooth <laughs> so this is this is uh season two episode one of uh you know our our second but it's actually our 24th episode overall and we were talking um about episode 25 you know usually every five episodes we we do something kind of special and i think we've got uh something special in mind for episode 25 that we'll talk about at the end of the show but i'm i'm looking forward to what we've got cooking for that next week as well yeah i think that'll be a lot of fun and, mm -hmm. and yeah 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 and of course and i'm just so happy to be back i've missed the shit out of this yeah like, oh and and I also sent you something. Amanda and I spent the week in between Christmas and New Year's cleaning out our basement. You know, you get all these containers full of stuff. And I found this bag of cassette tapes, and I found a couple of the other good tapes. They didn't work anymore. They were broken, but I still found them. I thought that was kind of fun. I sent you a picture I'll, of it. And I'll put that up on Instagram. The, my favorite part <laughs> of that was uh, No Bone Thugs in Harmony. <laughs> yes. And if I remember right, I, I had to think back as to why you would have put that on there, because I wasn't really a fan of bones thugs and harmony it was our friend joey that was and joey would joey would drive around and play it and it annoyed you that he wanted to hear it when we'd be driving around and he'd be hanging out with us and so i would play it for him when he wanted to hear it and you'd get mad about it and that's why you put that on the tape i actually had to go back and listen to that song because I, I i remember the name but i couldn't remember why i was so angry about it was that the song or was that the, was that the group or was that the song i don't remember honestly. no that was a group okay what was the song I can't remember now. <laughs> Hold on. I got, I got this tiny thing in my, in my hand. That's like a little computer that can tell me all this information. <laughs> Let's see this. Bone thugs. 
Oh, Crossroads. It was called Crossroads. Yeah, meet me at the Crossroads. That's what it was. Yeah. You hated that <laughs> song. Such a devil ass song. I don't. I couldn't even tell you one word or how it even sounded or anything. Yeah, meet me at the I'm crossroads. Not, I'm not gonna play it. I'm not gonna play it. So oh, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, going yeah. going into um, this episode and all that stuff, we've got eight good songs for you that we that we uh, put together the other day. But and, and, and hold on a second. Mm-hmm. And we've decided we're going back to just a single show a week, right? We're not yeah. splitting it up. Yeah, I, I think it was too much for people. I, I noticed that our first show got downloaded a lot and the second show didn't. And then I think that's kind of weird because then people don't hear half the stuff. So we'll just keep it like this for now and you know we'll figure out where we go. We've we've even still got that second podcast that we started that we never even published. So we'll figure out if we pick that back up. We <laughs> you know, life gets life. We've just been gets talking away. about doing a jagged little pill episode, which is getting pushed back again. Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah, there's no continuity we don't yeah, give a shit exactly, fuck you guys. exactly. <laughs> thanks for listening but fuck you guys we're not don't don't take anything for what we say <laughs> we'll we'll do it our Seriously. way yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so our first song today is is um you know it, it's not completely pearl jam it is a pearl jam song eddie vetter solo but before we get to that i, I got to tell a story about something that happened this week so you know we always come up with our little playlists and all of that stuff and then we put the playlists together and then you you make it on Apple Music or Amazon Music or whatever and Spotify, of course, because people can go and listen to the playlists on there. And then you you always you always text me a version of it on Apple Music and I download it onto my phone and I listen to it when I'm on my way back and forth to work during the week. And then usually on the weekend at some point I'll just sit down and just listen to it, you know, and read the notes and and all of that stuff before we tape. But something that happened the other day, I started playing and, and the first song, and we'll get into talking about it in just a second, but the first song is Porch, and it's an acoustic version of the Pearl jam song that eddie vetter did and i turned it on in the truck on take while taking meredith and elliot to daycare the other day <laughs> so so anyway we had a we had a big long uh, discussion about it and i'm just gonna play because after after this discussion and i'll go back and give it more context after i play this but after the discussion i ended up asking her the same question again only on tape but um she wanted to know who the artist was and i said it was eddie vetter and this is kind of how the conversation went do you like eddie vetter He's an old grandpa. He's an old grandpa. He's an old grandpa. <laughs> He's an old grandpa. <laughs> That's what she said. Well, yeah. I don't think he's a grandfather yet. Yeah, oh but he's old enough to be a grandpa. So I give sure. her that. I give her that. So, so, um, but, but the whole, the whole context was, Dad, I don't like this guy's voice. This is where it starts. Dad, I don't like this guy's voice. And then I said, Really? I said, I really like his voice. And she goes, She goes it's bad or something like that. And then Elliot goes, who is it? And I said, it's Eddie Vedder. And he, she goes, you mean Eddie poopy, butt? And then she goes, he's an old grandpa. Like that. So, so then of course, Elliot, um, he had to get, get involved in the, uh, in the discussion after that too. And here's what he had to say. Wait, is it actually called old grandpa, Sammy Hagar? So, Elliot had to call Sammy Hagar an old grandpa, which actually fits better than Eddie Vedder, considering Sammy's probably about, what, 20 years older than Eddie Vedder, I'm going to guess, somewhere around uh, there, 15, at 20 At least, years. And, Eddie, and Sammy's probably an actual grandfather. I would say he probably is, yes. Yes. So, <laughs> That's so anyway, so now. Poopy, what was it? What was it? Eddie Poopy what? Eddie Poopy Butt. So. Every yeah. poopy butt. That's yeah. it. But but it also gave us a, a new fun drop to play once in a while. He's an old grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just play he's an old grandpa once in a while. So now your mom doesn't have to feel lonely. She's not our only uh our only drop like that. So <laughs> anyway. Oh. So let's get into it. First song is uh Porch, and like I said, it's an acoustic version just done by Eddie Vetter. And Dennis, do you know why Eddie decided to do an acoustic version like this without the rest of the well, band? Well, they've done acoustic versions of the song before, sure, sure, and they're fascinating. And it's you know because this song is certainly not one you would expect to hear acoustically, mm-hmm. you know, famously on Unplugged. Uh, but this one, this one he did this year. I think it was for an Amazon event, uh, and uh, uh, it's just yeah, no. It, when he was an acoustic guitar, it, it, just like Chris Cornell, which we'll talk about later in the show, it's just outstanding. And to take a song like this and turn it into this fucking jumpy acoustic you know version like that's still got the energy but it's just you know not the rawness of it you mm-hmm. know it's so good so good because it uh 
so it turns out the, the songs that I picked were all ones that got released in the time we've had off actually like uh, uh eddie vetter put out that matter of time ep and then he expanded it uh, uh with with all these songs that he recorded for for show these zoom shows things that he's been doing and just it's yeah just so good like God, this song acoustic how could you not love it yeah oh it sounds great it absolutely yeah. sounds great but this made me go back to you know when we've we've had these discussions many many a times of what are songs really about and, you know, we sing these songs, we enjoy these songs. This was a great song to just kind of, uh, you know, unleash some anger with if you wanted to sing it in the right way and stuff like that. But as I as I was thinking about it and I was listening to it in the truck the other day before I read the notes, I was like, I don't really know what this song's about, honestly. And and I read the notes and it doesn't seem like it really is completely clear what exactly the song's about. A lot of people, as it says in here, it tie it to abortion because of his uh, because of Eddie Vedder's stance on it. And he wrote some stuff on his arm during during one of the concerts about about pro-choice and and stuff like that. But the song, when I when I look read the lyrics and stuff doesn't necessarily really make me think that it is a, a, a one song about, about abortion one way or the other. I can't quite put my finger on what, what the actual meaning of the song is. I, I, I think it's just to me, and you're talking about one in, in the, the unplugged performance mm-hmm. uh, uh, when he jumped up on the stool and wrote pro choice on his arm. And then they played it again uh, on Saturday night live. And he had a hanger, a wire hanger on his shirt. Uh, I, I believe it was a homemade shirt, but so people kind of tend to put this into it because that was when pro-choice and uh, abortion and all that was getting a lot of news coverage uh, uh, as far as, you know, the Roe versus Wade stuff like that. But uh, but when I look at this song and listen to this, these words, it's, it's it to me, you know, like sitting on a porch. You know, like just sitting there, like the grand scheme, like what you want to do, grow old and sit on the porch with somebody drinking sweet tea and and just, you know, swatting flies or whatever the fuck you do on a porch. And uh, uh, and and to me, that's where this gets. It's like it got taken away from him like that. That's what he thought it was going to be. And I think that's a little grandiose and, and probably way too much reading into it, mm-hmm. but that's what I always thought about it. And I, that's funny. You said about in the truck, listening to it in the truck, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you know, sounds like a grandpa or, and already poopy, but uh, aside, but I remember being in Hamilton's in, uh, in 15 that had the cassette player. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and I had this on a mixtape. And I just, I used to love like driving around and just fucking screaming the end of the song. <laughs> well, I remember you left that, uh, you would leave that tape in there. And I always enjoyed when I had that and I'd just listen to that tape the whole time. So yeah, yeah, it, was yeah. Always, it was always nice. One thing I will say about the, uh, about the meaning when I'm, when I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm just going to read some of the, some of the, uh, this verse, it says all the bills go by and initiatives are taken up by the middle. There ain't going to be any middle anymore. And the cross I'm bearing home in indicative of my place left the porch, left the porch. It almost sounds like perhaps there is um, there he would it, it almost kind of seems like maybe I'm sitting here and I'm seeing something that's going on that I feel compelled enough that I need to go help with. And so I get up and I go do it, even though, as you said, you don't necessarily want to leave that comfort zone, but you're you're compelled by something bigger than you that you need to go do whatever it is that you're going to help with. And, and that's. Perfect. I'm so glad you said that because I, I, you know, I, I actually thought that earlier in the week. I when when I said the whole love loss thing, that was what I always just uh, I thought of it. But but when you think about it in terms of uh, pro choice, you know, it's like okay, all right, well, no, I've got to leave. I got to get off my comfort zone mm-hmm. and go do something about this shit. Mm-hmm. I, no, I, I think that's absolutely perfect and brilliant. And and of course, he won't ever say what happy songs are about. So. It doesn't matter. And then, and uh, uh, the other thing is, is this is the song where, especially in like on the cassette on the on the ten version and, and subsequent live versions, you know, electric. This is the song where Eddie would you know go and climb and do his dangerous shit because they could make that that guitar break as long as they wanted to, you know, because McCready could just you know improvise that long. So yeah, so that that it's that's another reason why it's an important Pearl Jam song. Do you know, you know, I, I've, I've often wondered um, why 
Eddie doesn't do that stuff as much as he used to anymore. You know how he used to get up on the rigs and, and uh, do all of that stuff. But I think I've got an idea. Your old grandpa. I think that's probably it. <laughs> well, and, and, and as Meredith might understand too, I think that <laughs> it goes in hand. I think he's got kids and a wife now, so he's got to worry about shit. <laughs> he doesn't want to have... He doesn't want to get poopy butt uh, <laughs> when he's out there playing a show. <laughs> oh man, I just can't. Uh, I just can't imagine what it would be like. Yeah, um, honey, I'm gonna go to the concert tonight. I'm gonna hang upside down from the uh, from the uh, lighting yeah, rig the and see if are. I see if I die or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Stephen calls him up. Uh, so your wife Eddie <laughs> says that you're not gonna come to the show tonight because yeah. Next time you see him, he's got like a leg shackle on and he can't move off the stage or something. But, <laughs> a ball, yeah. ball and chain. I will say. Yeah. Well, leads us into the segue. next song. Yeah, segue. Yes. Um, the, ne- the next song. <laughs> yeah. The next song is uh, is um, by the band, the punk band Social Distortion. And it is I Was Wrong. This song actually came out in 1996. I remember when it came out because I was like, man, that's a really good song. They just had a they had a social distortion, which I mean, I know you've seen them in concert several times. I never have. Um, but they they've got a kind of a unique sound, I feel like, where where they, they do sound like some other bands and you can see some influence, but they've got a really nice, unique sound to them. The, the lead singer it, and so on. It's it's kind of a honky tonk punk rock sort of thing. And, and, Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, you know, they like the earlier shit is straight up, you know, punk. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's outstanding. This was the song that was their big break on radio and shit in the mid 90s. Uh, you know, I remember hearing it on QLC or mm-hmm. MTV. I can't remember where we would have heard yeah. it first, but but uh, uh, off that white, uh, what's it? White light, white heat, white trash, which is an ode to a uh, Velvet Underground uh, album. But it's a uh, uh, yeah, it's a great song. It was our introduction. It was mine and your introduction to Social Distortion. Yes. And we've got some friends who are like way bigger Social D fans than what we are. I'm I'm assuming correct. Or at least yes, they used yeah. to be. I'm not sure if they still are, but I mean, how many times have you seen Social Distortion in concert? It's several, isn't it? Yeah, four or five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this song, I, I like this song from the from the uh, take on the fact that it basically, you know, you get in your little bubble and you and you see life the way you see it, and then you can and then you get down the road a little bit longer, and you're like, wait, <laughs> my line of thinking on that or my actions during that were not the right way to do things, and uh, and you know, so he's basically writing a song about saying at one point in his life when he got past this other point, that that point he was just basically wrong about most of it, and and I like that, you know, it's it's very very much very much like how Donald Trump is now about what happened on Wednesday at the Capitol. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, sorry. sorry. I'm getting confused with somebody else. I'm sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, uh, You're absolutely right. It's, and and it's funny that we dug this song so much when we did, because it's, it's, I think both of us now here, 25 years later, you'd be like, shit, I was an idiot. (laughs) I was an ass. I mean, I think he's talking about a little more extreme reasons that we were idiots or assholes. Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not hard to admit you were wrong when you can look back and see, you know, or or just if you made any significant change in your life to make yourself happier or anything like, just like, what, what the fuck was I doing? I was wrong. I, I love I love the the line I was fighting everybody I was fighting everything but the only thing that I hurt was me I've got society's blood running down my face somebody help me get out of this place how could someone's bad luck last so long until I realized that I was wrong that is that is an awesome piece of of music writing right there I tried and they tried to warn me of my evil ways but I couldn't hear what they had to say I mean that's right there I don't know a more perfect uh thing to happen in the you know the next i guess we got 10 days left of this horse shit (laughs) like like do you think it'll actually happen no but i was wrong yeah it it's a it's a it's a good song to use this week no doubt about it so Uh, um, a sing-along act of contrition is is uh it's it's a great way uh in the notes i found i can't remember where that was uh but uh it, it's just yeah just fucking 
a really good song I, and a great way to jump thing, into Social D. One thing I did, it, one thing I did think that uh, was interesting about the that was in the notes is it's like the lead singer Mike Ness found out what his Ball and Chain was all about because that's obviously another song of theirs, Ball and Chain. And I thought that was a really neat tie-in. And now I want to go back and listen to that song. So I haven't heard it for a really long time. So I, I need to do that at some point. There's a great version of that song that they've recorded. Uh, it's uh, Mike Ness. Uh, with social distortion and Eddie Vedder and Beck uh, at, at, at one, I think it's the Ohana festival. One of the first Ohana festivals that Eddie puts on in California where the three of them do uh, ball and chain, which is the, the segue we went into with this, with this one. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's interesting. You know, the other song of theirs that's really, really good is the cover of ring of fire by Johnny cash. I think they do oh, a great job on that. I, as well. Or under my thumb, their cover of under my thumb by the Rolling Stones. I don't know if I've heard that. that I don't know if I've heard that. I'll have to check that's that out amazing well yep. moving moving on to song number three i'm gonna let you take this one because i had never heard of this artist before um hearing this song the other day for the first time I, I, some uh, a, a very good friend of mine ali turned me on to this this song and uh, uh, it's it's cave town this is home and apparently it's been out for several years uh but but it's it's just such a sweet song and so poignant and and uh uh, he's he's a a, a a like a from Brit London-born singer, you know, mostly famous on YouTube, but he's gotten a lot of uh, other accolades, you know, since he's been doing this. But but this is just such a sweet song, like like kind of emo, but but at the same time, it, I, I I can I can super relate to you know some of the uh, sentiments in it. It's That's got a it's got a very uh, different vibe to it. Just a very uh, I want to put my finger on it, and I can't quite on how I want to describe it. It's it's just it's just got a very uh, often I'm I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how to place it. Well, the ukulele like he does all the music on it, uh, and the ukulele, as you can hear in the background, is is the primary thing. But but it's just it's such a sweet song, and you can tell it's obviously written by somebody younger. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like a lost love sort of thing. Well, but only, it's, uh... only 22 years old. And uh, the thing that's interesting about uh, Robin Daniel Skinner is the fact that uh, the one of the first, not one of the first singers, but just one of the first that we've talked about that a lot of their success comes from social media and gathering a following on social media. Most of the bands we talk about are obviously a little bit older and, you know, went in the more traditional way, but YouTube had, had a YouTube channel that began in November of 2012. So at a very, very young age, you know, started a YouTube channel, maybe 13, 14 years old and currently has one and a half million subscribers, 158.9 million video views as of November. I mean, that's this is the new success story of how musicians come to be. Yeah, well, this is how we got Justin Bieber and shit like that was, yeah. you know, YouTube and, and, and people pushing that. And, uh, and again, I, I don't know if I've ever told the story on the on the podcast, but uh, like uh, my two older nieces are both super into music and, and the middle niece, uh, I remember saying, telling her about how we used to have to record songs off the radio we couldn't just go to youtube and find out find whatever we wanted mm -hmm. and i know we've talked about youtube wormholes like where you just click on something and you see all right well that person looks interesting and he's covering the song that i was just listening to so let's listen to that and then it leads you down all this other stuff and and these are how these people get discovered it's fascinating to me yeah absolutely fascinating you know you know what you also can't do that with is comedy bits because you watch one thing and then you're like then it says oh you should oh, also yeah. watch so and so and then <laughs> yeah yeah that's a that's a fun oh that thing. that'll 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 ruin the evening for you but, but good for me because i live in a hotel but you know for you probably it's a little annoying for your wife and the kids <laughs> you know, i don't sometimes. know I don't know. I think Elliot and I think Elliot enjoys all of we, we get down on that. And and I know you uh, you introduced me to this album several years ago now. I think it was I remember you bringing it when we went on one of our little road trips over to Indianapolis to meet up with our friend Richie. But the the Jimmy Fallon um, CD, you know, he's got all of his little cover songs and stuff like that. Oh, that from the one from the Tonight Show. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from late night. I think it's been so long ago. It was still late night at the time. But uh, 
but you start watching those videos of like him him doing like the whip my hair back and forth and you know with his stuff with bruce springsteen and stuff like that and then or the neil young yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. you know but you start that stuff and you watch one and then you're going to watch another and the next thing you know you're watching like some will ferrell thing because it got you on that you know it's just it's just fun to, yeah. but elliot actually enjoys watching that stuff he thinks it's funny so it, it's all good well he's he's right in the age group for that too yeah, exactly you know Adeline, my youngest niece, that's all she wants to do is watch YouTube videos of people playing with toys that she has. I'm just like, no, why don't you just play with the toys that you have? I don't understand it, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> that's okay that's okay this is a good song though um uh, an artist to definitely check out if you've never heard of got a different vibe and 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 overall i i liked it i enjoyed it I, often i am upset that i can't fall in love that i cannot fall in love but i guess it avoids the stress of falling out of it and and and, and it's just it's one of those songs that is just you know represents a lot of insecurities that people feel and don't express it's you know, about relationships and things, you know, like get a load of this monster. He doesn't know how to communicate. His mind is in a different place. Will everyone please just give him a little bit of space? Like how many times have you felt like that? You know, it's just, and it's just so well done and sweet. And it's uh yeah, you know, you know, like, and Ali, thank you for, for showing me that song. It, it was so good. It's one of those ones I, I, I listen to over and over again. The next song on the list, also a, a very good song, but in a little bit of a different way. And it's our first appearance by Aerosmith on the on the show, which I think is uh, interesting that we've gone this long without having an Aerosmith song, because I would consider myself a fan of Aerosmith. And I, D, I think you are as well. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. And, and, and mm -hmm. the earlier this this era, Aerosmith, especially and, and, and later on. Uh, yeah, and I was surprised that this was the first song that we chose because there's one that we both love universally, which we'll talk about in a later episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, off the same, off of off of the same album, I you know even more strange, but uh, but, but uh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? But this is a perfect way to introduce them because this was a lot of people, you know, recognizing them. Yeah, yeah, and this song is off the Pump album from 1989, and it's Janie's Got a Gun. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, when we were 1989, what were we, fifth grade, something like that, You, we didn't understand the exact significance of this song back, back way back when. But yeah, we were uh, fucking 11 years old. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, and luckily, luckily we didn't, you know. Um, yes. But, but this song, this song very much about uh, child abuse and, um, and, uh, uh, basically a child finally saying i'm not going to put up with this at the hands of my father anymore and janie got a gun and she shot her dad and and ended the ended the situation but i would say that they did such a good job of telling this story throughout the song and the music that goes along with it is just about perfect i mean this for for the subject matter you really couldn't have done much better with this song than what aerosmith did it's it's it tells the story in such a way where you know what's going on, but at the same time, you know, it's as an 11 year old, you can still kind of enjoy it, but it's, but it's so good. And, and yeah, it, it I, I, I don't want to say it put them back on the map again, but I think it really did when this, this came out. Well, this you album, know, this album did. Even yeah, I mean, they had the album song. before with "Permanent Vacation" with uh, yeah. with with those, which was great too. But yeah. I think this al this album, "Pump" and this song especially, you know, got them a second, you know, second life where they could headline stadiums and shit like that again. Yeah, I, I just I want to play the very beginning of this. I just love the way that this song starts out. Here, let me play it for just a second. That's apparently called "Water Song." Just that part. Yeah. And then it goes into the song. That's that's really <laughs> odd. But do, if you notice on the playlist, yeah, it does say "Water Song." Janie's got a gun. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we had two Aerosmith songs on there. We're gonna count it one for candy. Yeah. Okay. I just like I like I like "Water Song" is a great intro for it. Then how about that? <laughs> it certainly is. That three seconds that we get to call a song yeah. <laughs> is hold on, song. Do 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 do. I'm gonna call that. Ground hmm. song. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing right now? I'm drinking a glass of water. We shall call it water song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I thought, and, and Jesus, like, you know, again, this was so goddamn long ago, uh, but I didn't realize that they had to sometimes change to 
put a bullet in his brain to she left him in the pouring rain for radio airplay. And what was the other one? He jacked a little baby. Was originally he raped a little bit bitty baby. That's crazy. Uh, I did not I did not know that. And and I've never heard it. Apparently he in concert he'll sing it that way. But I, I mean that was never in any version that's on the radio or on the album or anything like that. They decided just to completely change that line. Which uh, yeah. I mean I can understand why. You know, for sure, if you no, want it to be on yeah. the yeah. <laughs> if you want it to be on the radio, you don't want to throw that word mm-hmm. uh, in that way out there. The other cool thing that I never realized until looking up the notes was David Fincher directed this video. Okay. I'm not sure if I know who David Fincher is. He directed Fight Club and Seven and Social Network oh, and, okay. and, and a lot of the Nine Inch Nails videos. Well, I'm very familiar with David Fincher's work then. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. Uh, interesting. Self with peanut butter. <laughs> but but anyway, I, I do want to note because we're we're coming up to the end of side A for the episode, and I do I do just want to note, um, you know, child abuse and all of that stuff. If you're listening and you know somebody who is a you know a victim or whatever, the best thing that you can do is have them call the uh, domestic violence abuse hotline, and that number is one eight hundred seven nine nine SAFE. That's one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three to get uh, to get help. It's it's a tough situation whether you're a child or you're an adult and you're stuck in a situation like that to. Uh, to leave a situation like that but if you can and you you've got the ability that's the that's the best way to do it so and, and we've and we've talked about this a few other times on this show like yeah you know the best thing in the world to do is to talk to somebody seek help mm-hmm. you know yeah. you're not alone don't feel ashamed uh uh yeah no you you, you there are people here that will that will help you so yeah, please do so. Well, and an interesting stat that I'll, I'll give you, I'll throw at you, Dennis, is uh, when it comes to domestic violence, not just child abuse, but all of domestic violence, especially between, uh, you know, a, a married couple or a dating couple or something, it usually takes the victim at least seven times of trying to leave before they finally actually get it accomplished for good. So, um, you know, just uh, do what you can, use the help that you can, and don't stay in situations like that if you don't have to. So anyway, that wraps up side A on such a positively fun high note. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've got four more really good songs uh, coming up. I'm really, really excited to talk about the one after the break, probably the most on the uh, on the second side. But we'll be back in just a few minutes here on Sean and D's Good Tape. Welcome back to side B of Sean and D's Good Tape, and uh, we got a little uh, little fun little game here to play that uh, Dennis brought along for our second season. Go ahead, D. Yeah, no. So in uh, the Tooth Fairy slash Santa Claus put in my stocking. Uh, this 90s pop music trivia box. And and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I started, I went to grab the first card. I was like, no, wait, this is perfect for the show. I'll save this, Sean and I. So 90s pop trivia, this is not necessarily, you know, our, our kind of music. So it'll be fun to <laughs> you know, figure out. I'm going to guess, go I'm going to guess right now, I'm not going to be able to answer it correctly. That's my, that's my uh, assumption. I'm going to be made to look a fool. Wouldn't be the first time. Question number one. First card, Sean. Which member <laughs> of the Backstreet Boys had lizard light makeup for the music video for everybody? Uh, parenthesis, Backstreet's back. Wait, wait. I have no idea what the answer is, but hold on. Let's pause for just a second. I'm going to see if my my uh, wife can answer said question. So hold oh, on shit. one second. Let me go get her. I'm going to shut the recorder okay. off for just a second, and I'm going to go get her. Hold on. Wait, do you want me to text you a picture of the card? Well, I'm just going to have want- her come down and say it on the mic. So okay. So hold on okay. just a second. Hold on. <laughs> All right. We're back really quick. Right. And uh, right. I've so, got so Amanda, Amanda and Elliot and Meredith all here. So go ahead and ask Amanda the question. Yeah. So Amanda, so a new feature on the show on side B is I, my sister got me this deck of uh, 90s pop music trivia cards and I held off on them to, to do on the show. Okay. So the very first one I pulled out, Sean was like, I have to go get Amanda for this. Are you ready? As ready as I can be. <laughs> as ready as you can be. <laughs> all right, Amanda. Nothing at stake here, so no pressure. Okay. <laughs> Which member of the Backstreet Boys had a lizard-like makeup for the music video for everybody, parentheses, Backstreet's back, end parentheses. I, I can give you multiple choice if you want. Say the first part of it again. 
which member of the Backstreet Boys had lured like makeup for the music video for everybody Backstreet's back? Give her multiple choice. I have no idea. Was it was it AJ McLean, Brian Latrell, Howie Doro, or Kevin Richardson? Oh, I don't know my Backstreet Boys. I'm gonna go with AJ. I, I, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I believe it was Kevin <laughs> Richardson, um. <laughs> but I can't tell. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, there's two highlights on this thing. Those are the only two names I knew. No, you were incorrect. It was, in fact, Kevin Richardson. Oh, so, I'm sorry. And I'm you know sorry. what you would have Backstreet won? Backstreet Boys. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the Backstreet Boys li- fans, listeners to the show, are so disappointed. I'm yeah. <laughs> Amanda's probably the only one, so we're probably okay. So, all right. Thank you all. Yeah. Our studio audience is now exiting the stage. So. <laughs> Foot. Yes. So moving on to uh, <laughs> to um, our uh, our side B, um, really good uh, sort of cover song that we've got next. I can't really call it completely well, a cover song, see, but it's kind of a cover song. And we've talked about this. Is it a cover song if the band is playing it originally? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think no. So so what happened? This is a Black Hole Sun by the surviving members of Soundgarden with uh, Brandy Carlisle, who I've expressed my adoration for on this show uh, many times. Uh, so back in uh, uh, 2019, they did the tribute show for him and and uh, and Brandy Carlisle played with Matt Cameron, the drummer for Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, uh, Kim Thale, the lead guitarist, and Ben Shepard, the bassist. Uh, her, she did Black Hole Sun with them. And when she was named the Record Store Day Ambassador for last year, uh, they decided to record a version of this song in the studio. And it's amazing. Her voice, just outstanding. And the fact that these people love to play music together, the, the three of the, the other guys, and, and then Brandy and the twins, like it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great version of the song. And, you know, it, it sounds just like the song, except for trade out the trade out the singers. You know, that's really the only difference in this song. It's it's not, um, you know, as as they had they had mentioned, they didn't they didn't do like Chris Cornell so much loved how Johnny Cash redid Rusty Cage. They didn't go that route. They just played it. And it sounds great. It really, truly does. And her voice is so and, and and so the the name of the single it was a 12 inch single two sides it was this side was black hole sun and it was originally only the only way you could hear these songs were if you had the 12 inch from the record store day uh uh, uh this year but then january 1st came around and they put it on you know uh uh, uh streaming platforms I, I have trouble with that because i'm so used to i just want physical copies of everything mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know and what physical it's... copies do, though? They take up room. Yeah, that's fair, but I still like it. I know, I know, and you know, everybody's different. There's a lot of people that are that are like you that still like to have that stuff. I was mentioning to you the other before we came on the air that the weekend between Christmas and New Year's, Amanda and I spent a lot of time cleaning out. Uh, cleaning out just stuff and i threw a lot of stuff away that was mine but yet i still have two totes full of cds that are literally in totes that i would have to dig for anything that i'm looking for and it's just so easy to grab this little uh device and just play whatever i want but yet i told she goes well aren't you going to get rid of all of these and i said no that's ludicrous why would i get rid of all of these (laughs) so they go they went back in the little storage closet and that's where they are yeah, no, I actually just bought the physical copy of this off of Discogs because <laughs> I I, w- I was in Germany when this record store day happened. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's off the single "A Rooster Says," which is uh, the B side of this is uh, "With My Good Eye Closed," which is another song off of, uh, by Soundgarden by Bad Motor Singer ba- on Bad Motor Finger, and it opens with like a weird intro and one of the lines is "And the rooster says." Mm. So that's where that name came from. I was but, wondering. But, I was curious about that. Yeah, no, it's but it's just 
yeah, just a brilliant person. And you can tell how fucking well uh, Kim, Ben, and, and Matt still play together and how much fun they probably had recording the song with mm-hmm. Matt, with, mm-hmm. with, with, with Brandy and the twins. Yeah. Because it's just so good. Can you explain the twins thing to me? I don't really know who the twins are. Oh, are they, no, I'm are sorry. They... Her, her her collaborators with her that, you know, help her write her music and stuff are, are the, the set of twins. Um, oh, God. The names are here somewhere. Oh, no, it's in that Rolling Stone article. It's fine. But she's got a set of twins that she collaborates with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're amazing musicians on their own. And they sing the backup on this. They do the, you know, the parts that almost sound like Chris Cornell, you know, backing them up. I I wondered if it was, and they were using that as a, but it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Go back. I think, did I send you the link to the, the, uh, Mm -hmm. on the highway? The Rolling Stone article? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read, I read it. I read it too, but I just don't probably remember every word that was in it. So, yeah, it was a good article. So, uh, yeah, that great song though, and totally, totally check out the uh, the cover version of it. And speaking of Chris Cornell, we're going to talk about him again in just a few minutes. Um, This next song that I want, I I'm really excited to talk about this because I rewatched, and the next song is "What Did I Do?" God is my witness by Foo Fighters from their 2014 album Sonic Highways, which, if you remember, had as um, a documentary series that they did with HBO or that aired on HBO. I shouldn't say they did it with HBO, but it aired on HBO where they went to different cities and that's how they recorded these songs. And I rewatched it this morning and this is the Austin edition of that show. My gosh, it was so entertaining to watch. I learned so much stuff and I, I'm sure I watched it before, like several years ago when it came out, but I'd forgotten most of it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the 60 minutes that I spent this morning rewatching the stuff about, and it really focused mostly on Austin city limits and the music scene in Austin and, and stuff like that. But man, it was, it was so entertaining to watch. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Uh, you know, when you chose this song and I, I, I deliberately left No Son of Mine off of it because I thought maybe you would pick that one. Uh, the the Foo Fighters single that got released on January 1st. I actually haven't heard it yet. I, I oh. don't know why I haven't listened to it yet. So I need to. <laughs> well, maybe it's because you're a little bit busy and don't live in a hotel. Mm. I have a wife and kids and, and I you know, don't do a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. That's possibly why you hadn't heard it yet. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I was excited that you picked this song because this it's a great fucking song. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, I think we talked about a couple episodes ago, you know, like people were dissing on Sonic Highways, the album. And and it's a, no, it's a great fucking album. And this is one oh. of those songs. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's I, there's not really a bad song on the, on the album. They all flow so well together too. You know, it just, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Looking at, before we get into the song, I want to talk about the episode that we watched this morning that I found, because I found it so fascinating, was the fact that Willie Nelson, in many ways, was who started that Austin music scene because he went to Nashville, and then he came back to Austin, and and then he was on the first episode of Austin City Limits, which of course airs on PBS, and, and, um, but but the one story that I probably found the most fascinating throughout all of it was the story about 13th Floor Elevators. And the, their lead singer Rocky Erickson, and the fact that at one point he got in, he got involved, you know, heavily with drugs because the psychedelic rock scene and and all of that stuff. But the fact that they made him essentially choose at one point when he got arrested for some sort of drug offense, I don't remember exactly what it was. Do you want to go they to prison? Yeah. Do you want to go to prison or do you want to go to the mental institution and see and get and get treatment? And it's just like wow. And he got treated for schizophrenia you know, for a number of years. And that just blew my mind when I saw that part of it. it and, and and you hear that song, like that, that two headed dog and, and, and the, the influence that he had on people like Billy Gibbons and that, and Steve Earle, mm-hmm. Lucinda Williams and, and Bonnie Raitt and everything like that. It's, it's just like fascinating. Just, yeah. And, and yeah, no, it, it, God damn, that's an amazing show that sonic highways like just yeah i i actually had to buy it on itunes uh to watch it again because i don't have you know my dvds with me uh but it's it was yeah 
I watched it twice this weekend. It's so good. It's yeah. So good. You mean just that episode or you mean, the, did you buy the whole thing or just that episode? Oh, I just bought that episode. It's not yeah. on HBO anymore. Cause you know, of course I've got the Blu-ray. You bought me the Blu-ray several years ago and you know, I was too lazy to like go find it. You know, So I was just going to pull it up on the HBO streaming app and watch it. And it's not on there anymore. So yeah. I, I ended up getting the Blu-ray out. So I, I know poor me. Um, but uh, <laughs> Couple of couple of other notes from the show though that I that I wanted to talk about uh, that that uh, was they also mentioned Towns Van Zant who we talked about in the uh, in the country episode a while back because he's got such a country influence very much like Willie Nelson but I did want to reiterate the fact that Towns Van Zant was the original writer of Poncho and Lefty which is obviously the Willie Nelson Merle Haggard song that we did on that episode which I thought was uh was interesting and then also the story that they told about the butthole surfers was um really really interesting that uh the lead singer Gibby Haynes got mad about some something that they came down on him for so he tried to literally light the arena on fire that they were in or the the building on fire that they were in I thought that was uh a pretty interesting take too. I, I think the butthole surfers might come up again on, on the next episode that we do. Uh, I, I, if, if we haven't already talked about that song and I can't remember now, you're talking about pepper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have, if we have, I don't remember it. You'll have to look at your master list that you sent me in December of all the songs that we did. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. We went over a lot of songs in 2020. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Pretty wild. I, and and I it, it, and it and it's so fun. Any, anyhow, going back to the song, uh, Gary Clark Jr. That man's a fucking monster, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he's he's on the uh, uh, is God is my witness part of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like just to be that much of a prodigy, like Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like it's just so impressive. I I had a chance to go see him in El Paso several years ago. And uh, it was like a Wednesday night, you know, and the concert didn't start until like 10 o'clock and mm-hmm. I had to get up, you know, to work the next morning and I kicked myself in the ass. Cause that would have been, that would have been a badass last concert that you ever saw was Gary Clark Jr. in El Paso, Texas. Oh yeah. That would have been <laughs> fun. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the, it, the song and this album and the way they did the whole concept with Sonic Highways, like, you know, if you say this, this wasn't, up there like i just don't get it just because it didn't sell a million copies you know no fuck you this was a great album yeah it absolutely is there's one line in it too that i think references the show a little bit i'm trying to see if i can find it when i'm looking through the notes um give me just a second here there's the uh i lost i'm lost deliver me i crossed the river finally that was that was referencing uh uh gary clark jr who austin is apparently divided by two sides Mm -hmm. over a river uh uh and 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 like gary clark uh dave girl said you grew up in austin all your life so you have to know about the scene and and gary clark said well no i never really crossed the river we'd go down sixth street every once in a while but it wasn't until you know, I went to this friend of mine's birthday party where I realized, you know, I had to cross the river and realized that all this stuff was going on. And so that was one of the cool things about this album, too, is he would throw in little tidbits from the interviews that he made, you know, for these lyrics. Yeah, this is this is it. And this is this goes along the same lines. And, and it was um one of the people that they talked to towards the end that was a younger guitar player. And I'm trying to remember who it was um, that they were talking about that he started playing at you know, in the Austin music scene and on Austin city limits, you know, as a backup band and stuff like that before he was 21 years old, like he was like 15 or 16 at times, you know, up there playing and, and they would, they would put an X on his hand. Oh, it was Gary Clark. Was it Gary Clark? Yeah. Cause okay. he was touring, he was touring with Jimmy Vaughn and the Thunderbirds and, and, and all that. And they would put the X on his hand. Mm-hmm on both of his hands so they knew so they knew he wasn't 21 and they didn't serve him but it says your man channeling knowing by the x on his hand you raise runaway singing at the gate to save yourself i'll behave yourself and i and i wonder i i imagine that that's probably an ode to that as well the x on the hand absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. so i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool 
Yeah. Um, no. One one last thing about this before we move on, and we're already almost to an hour for uh for this episode. We're uh, we're chatty today. You can tell we haven't <laughs> done this for a while. Was well, it's like we haven't talked for a couple of months. Yeah. One of the things on the wall, there was a quote on the wall that I thought was really really awesome <laughs> during during it that said that basically said don't follow in the footsteps of the masters, seek what they sought. Meaning, you know, don't just try to emulate somebody. Try to do something original. And I thought that was awesome. Is that what that says? I can't, I can't that's read exactly it, what that says. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that was, uh, I, I, I can't get it in the light, right? But yeah, no, that was don't follow in the footsteps of your master. Seek what they saw. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was an outstanding quote. It's something, something just to keep in the back of your mind, just in other life besides being a, trying to be a original musician too. So, yeah. What I, okay. So we talked on the phone the other day, uh, uh, and I said, I said there was a couple of notes that I took down for this episode after I watched it, but I, you know, had a couple of beers, so I, you know, there's, I'm not really sure what the context was for it, and uh, and honestly, it was just, you know, some guy's artist, and uh, he'd just written it up there on the wall. But yeah, that's what I've got written down on this hotel <laughs> notepad paper. Don't follow in the footsteps of your masters. Seek what they saw. Yeah, cool quote. Absolutely. So that's fucking badass. Man. Yeah. That might be the name of this episode. Actually. I think it would be a good name for the episode. Um, so moving on to the second to last song, and this goes back to Mr. Chris Cornell, who's been a regular feature on our show for the last several episodes that we've done. And these motherfuckers ripped off our idea. They did. We yes. named that covers episode. No one sings like you anymore. And so now there's an album that the family has put out of covers by Chris Cornell calls. No one sings like you anymore. Interesting. Coincidence. Interesting. Mm. It would be, kind of, it, would be it would be kind of funny. It would be kind of funny if we found out that like Chris Cornell's daughter listens to our show or something. Like that. <laughs> Please Tony, <laughs> or tell us you do. <laughs> Anyhow. No, no, it's, it's fascinating. That was hilarious when, when I saw that this was up for presale and, you know, available on digital, but uh, yeah, I know it's a covers album called no one sings like you anymore, which was the name of our Chris Cornell covers episode. Do we get royalties for that? I don't think so. I don't think that's how that works. Being that we probably played some music we probably weren't supposed to play during that. Yeah, episode. I was going to we'll say, just, we're we'll probably... call it even. We'll call it even. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think these people might be litigious in the way that they handle things. I don't know. But, uh, let's Have mercy, please. Them. Mercy. <laughs> so anyhow, no. So the first one they released uh, off of this upcoming well, it's out on digital now, but the vinyl's coming out in February or March. Uh, is uh, uh, his cover of uh, John Lennon's "Watching the Wheels," and it's fucking incredible. It is really good. This the original song of this is really good too, and it's got the same sort of vibe to it. Yeah, just all around good song. I had no idea what the song was about. Um, basically, that he was just staying home, being a stay-at-home dad, and kind of watching the world go by if you will well, yeah. and they were giving yeah. him shit about like yeah. you haven't done anything he's like well i'm just no i'm just sitting here watching everything yeah. going on yeah you know and, and and it seems so apropos for chris cornell too you know when when you read about how much of a family man he actually was you know like like it's up yeah no it, and and I, I have you watched the the video that they've released on it yet no i have not Huh. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, but it, no, it's just cool. It's just like the last few videos. Whoever's in charge of, you know, Chris Cornell right now is doing such a good job with the YouTube with the the YouTube releases and everything and, mm. and the way that they during the videos. I'll check that out. Yeah. But it's a good, uh, definitely a good version of that song to uh, to check out. No doubt about it. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. The one thing the one thing that stuck out on me struck out to me on this one is that so the first line is people say i'm crazy and then the next uh, uh verse starts with uh people say i'm lazy and and, and that all, that made me think of you know the the one in a million mm -hmm. you know the gun Rosa song oh you know, sure like, yeah yeah I'm, I'm wondering if that was was uh axel's inspiration for that hmm interesting I mean, those two, those two words are obviously 
you know, you, you can do something with those, but uh, yeah, but uh, it was interesting just to think about that. But, but yeah, it's just a great fucking song and mm-hmm. to have this guy sing it. God damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a good version. Definitely check it out. Check out that whole album and just know that it was Sean and Dee's idea. We're not taking credit for it necessarily or asking for any compensation <laughs> or, or even, yeah, but but we kind of came up with it yeah. and even named the album. Yeah, and really it was really just you because I it was your idea to do that show, so. Oh, that's so, uh, okay, so yeah. great. I'm glad we talked about this. So, 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 so when it comes when when it comes to the settlement, you know, like I get, you know, like sixty percent. You'll get forty percent instead of, and, and you'll 50, get all 50. of the litigation if they don't like that we played some of the songs <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> don't you have somebody in your family that's a lawyer? I got a couple of them. Yeah, I got right, somebody good. who can help us out. Uh, so finally, last song on the list is is uh, I'm I'm kind of upset about this song in some ways because you know when we did our last episode, it was all songs in 2020, and I went with which which I'm glad we went with the Wolfgang Van Halen song, oh, fuck you yeah. know, because that was an awesome song. But I didn't have a Sammy song to put on that show because he didn't release anything in 2020, and then of course in December he announces that all the lockdown session albums that he or songs that he created he was making an album out of and released least the song that hadn't been released yet in December, which I would have used on that show along with the Wolfgang song. You know, I wouldn't have excluded it because it was a great song, but Sammy and his band, the circle did a cover version of the song heroes by David Bowie. And they released it in December and the album just came out actually earlier this week. It's out now on digital that you can listen to the whole thing. But, um, I really, 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 after listening to it mm, probably 30 times, really like this cover version of this song. I think it sounds really, really good. I sent this to, uh, you know, a couple of listeners, uh, uh, the playlist, and, uh, and and I got back a couple of notes about, like, wow, like, I didn't expect Sammy Hagar to pay this song this much respect and to be this good. Uh, yeah, no, it's and, and the way he starts the song off, low, low key, not Sammy Hagar at all, not you know Van Halen at all, is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 of course Vic Johnson and him and him on guitar, outstanding. Like this, this is probably my favorite version of the song. Honestly, mm-hmm. I would agree. It's not the yeah. full song. I wish they would have done the whole song, honestly, to hear what the whole thing. But I kind of like its its tightness too. It's uh, efficiency at the same time. You know, it's it's just a in your face for about what two two and a half minutes, and it's over. When did did we decide ninety eight was when the Godzilla movie came out? Yeah, with Matthew it was Robert. it was ninety eight that the yeah, yeah. And the Wallflowers did that version of Heroes, and mm-hmm. I always liked the David Bowie version of it, mm-hmm. but that Wallflowers version just didn't ever hit me right and i love the wallflowers i like them mm-hmm. you know i like jacob dylan and all that but i just it just seemed so forced it seemed like it was like unnecessary for him to cover the song i i don't and, disagree and you know the funny thing is is i liked that song when it came out if i remember right probably in those totes that i was talking about there's probably a godzilla soundtrack in there that's got that song on it i think i bought that that album because you know back then there was no other way to hear it other than to buy a soundtrack if you wanted something like that and i remember really liking that song and after i heard this i was like i want to go back and listen to the wallflowers version and i listened to the david bowie version which was good of course the wallflowers one just fell flat to me and i don't know why because i 22 years ago i actually did like that version but i was also probably a bigger wallflowers fan in 1998 and felt more strongly about them than i do now so so that David Bowie version is is good. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite David Bowie song, but a good sure. song. And, and and the Wallflowers one came out and I would listen to it a few times and I'm just like just didn't feel right for me and I'm certain that I probably own the Godzilla soundtrack too. Mm-hmm. I would I'd be fascinated to see what the track list is on that. Uh But then the first trip I went to Germany uh, was right after David Bowie died. And uh, uh, and I remember buying this German music magazine. I think I bought a copy for for Brandon too, that had a a seven inch of Heroes hmm. on it. You know, and uh, and so that's kind of interesting too. But but it's uh, yeah, like, but this version 
is so well done. Mm-hmm. Unexpectedly well done. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll go back to this album, you know, a few times in, the, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Oh, I think so. Yeah. 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 There's some other stuff on there that, that is worth, um, worth having on the show. So yeah, but I, but really good. Check it out. Really all these songs this week were, um, were worth listening to make sure you listen to the playlist because, uh, they're all worth giving at least a listen to, to kind of get a feel for what they're like. Uh, so I, with that closing the episode, mm-hmm. um, we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that, uh, uh, our, collaborator richie seymour executive producer d executive producer yes. mm-hmm. that's what he likes to be called uh, that's right uh, uh retired this week from from the air force after 25 years and and we could not be more proud of him or happier for him and his family and uh uh what are we decided to do for next week's episode and richie doesn't know this yet we'll text him <laughs> after after we hit pause or on, you know or, it'd be actually more fun just to uh just to uh, let him listen tomorrow because he listens as soon as the shows come out so let him listen and he can hear it and he can text us that's a good point that's yeah. a good point so yeah. so what we're going to do uh, next week for our 25th episode because I, as John likes to point out I like hitting you know uh, you know points uh, uh, 25 episodes like we didn't think we would do that many did we? no five maybe six yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so we're going to do in, in honor of the 25 years and in honor uh, 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 of that night, we're gonna have uh, uh, Richie come on and join us, and we're gonna do nine songs from 1996 that we haven't done yet. And uh, Richie will pick three, you'll pick three, I'll pick three. It'll be a good time. Yeah, but congratulations, Richie. We're looking forward to seeing what happens in your next chapter and all of that stuff. But we will see you all next week because we're back in 2021 and done with our little hiatus and all of that fun stuff. And uh, we will have the top, our top nine songs from 1996. Until then, see you next week, D. Just one life in a world that keeps on pushing me.